Crystal Clear here. More Morgulons. That's the show you're listening to. I'm the host. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. For the first time, we're back again, my friend. For more, hey. I got these Morgulons on my face again. I just can't win. Let me begin. Morgulons gave me fucked up skin. Keratin and collagen. Today my face hurts. Nothing works. And these are jerks. I can't get help, I can't get care, and I have moving hair, and there's small alarms floating in the air. Red ones, black ones, white ones, blue ones, pink ones, green ones, I got all the colors of the wheel, Morgulons disease is real. Alright, if a middle-aged white lady attempting to rap about Morgulons disease has not turned you off and you're still tuned in, you're gonna like this show. Yeah, it's gonna be a great episode. So hang in there. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So my morgues are so bad that when I try to open my mouth to eat, your delicious sandwich, it cracks open. That hurts. That's where the his words come out. Yeah. It's like shredded or something. It's like the threads of my skin, like you know, meat has like kind of a grain. It's like the grains of my skin are like protruding and coming out. There's like things that look like tiny white mushrooms or something like they, that, that grow on the side of a tree or like growing out of this area of lesion. It's been a long time since you've been on more Morgulons. Where have you been? Yeah. Why is that? Nobody knows. As I was saying, <laughs> Isabel in the cloud turns human. I don't know how to spell McCloud. It's M-A-C. I don't know how to spell McCloud. I just was telling you, M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Oh, M-A, not You're so, you know all. No. <laughs> no. Oh, is that her book? Yeah. Sweet, Nana. I like that. It's got a like an Art Deco kind of design. Yeah, I think it's part of like a series. Hexagons. So, are they nonfiction or? Hey, look, medical fiction. It's number nine thousand one hundred thirty. I always look for medical fiction, and I look for techno thrillers. Oh. But that's good. I think. That's awesome. Fiction with scientific reports. But it's probably somewhat autobiographical. Yeah, I love it. Gabriel, her new She was book. doing books before Chad GBT yeah, could write a book for you. Yeah, that's true. We can't take that from her. That's something. Nano is a continuation of the previous book, Metamorphosis, published in 2015. The epic journey continues with Miranda McLeod. McLeod. McLeod of the Clan McLeod. <laughs> Okay. The epic journey continues with Miranda McLeod after suffering with the horrible illness of Morgulons and the breakup of her marriage. This mother and nurse finds true love once again. Gabriel, her new love, gets thrown into Miranda's tumultuous roller coaster life. He becomes Miranda's rock as well as her salvation. Oh, that sounds like a dangerous path. Miranda's search for a cure <laughs> leads her down a harrowing path involving endless torture and non-consensual human bio-experimentation. Girl, I feel that. Miranda must travel halfway across the globe where the terrible truth about what has been done to her is revealed and the fight for her very life begins. Dr. Christensen is a beautiful spiritual scientist. That's probably the character based off of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and is Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> You're too loud. I'm sorry, I want to quiet down. <laughs> do you have any bags you'd like to rumble? <laughs> because if you do. Really <laughs> <like> bad. <laughs> anyway. Um, 
And then Dr. Christensen, a beautiful spiritual scientist, is driven by her research on Morgulans seeking truth and justice. Unfortunately, her patients end up being collateral damage in the process. Scary. Dun, dun, dun. Alejandro is like a demon spirit, always watching and lurking in the shadows of Miranda's mind. Will Miranda be able to overcome her terrible circumstances? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Only time will tell. Oh, shoot. All right, I'm calling Isabella. Hi. Great. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? I'm good. I am great. Um, so yeah, I what do you? I, I was thinking maybe I don't know how much time you have, but if you have like an hour, like I have so many questions, Isabella. Yes. Yeah. No, definitely have an hour. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Yay. Okay. First of all, tell me about the book. Okay. Um, are we doing this thing now, or? <laughs> um. Yeah. If you if you want, if that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, turning human is the new one. Uh, transhuman. Yeah, I don't know if Morgulans were stuck in my ears when we spoke the other day as well. I'm so sorry. I didn't catch this. Listeners, the book is called Transhuman. It will be out soon on Amazon. And this is the third, right, in a trilogy. I am so excited to hear about it. Tell me the, like, what's the setup? What's the, I mean, no spoiler alerts, but like, what is the book about? Okay, so um, Isabella McLeod and a former registered nurse for 22 years. And I wrote, I wrote her first book. There are two other books before Transhuman. And uh, one was Metamorphosis, this continuation with Nano, and mm. just recently released two weeks ago. Um, was transhuman basically it's a trilogy um basically it's the first book does describe um myself becoming very sick with an illness called morgellons which is really um not particularly understood very well right now in the mainstream uh in terms of cdc debunking it a lot it has to do with lyme's disease and i did participate in the charles e Holman foundation with uh with research regarding that and it's mm. a very unusual illness and uh, it has materials fibers, black specks, crystals, like materials that come out of your body. So I basically got very sick into 10. And uh, at the time, I was a mother of a three-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old son. Oh. And I was working full-time as a nurse. Oh. And um, so when this occurred, I got, um, I, my, I started getting a sore coming out of my nose after I had some septal surgery and I didn't quite understand what the mm. sore was and then I saw materials coming out of my nose which is like a blue thread and I didn't quite understand what that was right. so I went back to the person and asked him is this a suture is there a suture left me or yeah. right what is going and, on <laughs> yes and I didn't and I myself didn't think it was like a suture because I worked in the burn unit plastic surgery medicine I've seen a ton yeah. of sutures right and, uh, right it was very thin and blue, and he's like, no, I don't know what's going on. And ended up having to get a revision done because just the sore would not heal up no matter what I did. Mm. And I went around to the antibiotics and mm. creams that my doctor gave me, and it was really weird. And then so that just progressed into even more sores on my face. I didn't realize what the heck was going on. Yeah. And then that progressed into my suddenly um, Googling and just looking up like, and there's more material coming out of my nose, and I didn't quite understand any yeah. of that. And I would have said, what? what are sores coming? Right. What was your material? What was your original? <laughs> so besides the, that is fascinating, by the way. But like, what is, what yeah. was your original, like when you started doing your Google search at that point, I mean, you're a nurse, you know, you, I, I thought it was scabies because I'm like, there's nothing else that burrows under your skin that, because mine was black specks yeah. was the first thing. So what were you thinking? Had you ever heard of, of Morgellons before this happened? No. Oh, never, wow. Never, ever, ever, oh, ever. wow. I, so I was like, when I started doing research, I'm like, the more jelly thing popped up. So I was like, that's really weird. And there yeah. wasn't much about it either. And that was like two, probably even more like along lines of two, no, oh, nine, just something going on. And I was like, okay, so then it said some people were taking colloidal silver to try to get rid of it. So uh -huh. I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll take it. 
So after this is after months of using all kinds of even Accutane, you try to clean it. Like yeah, it's, yep, it's tried that too. <laughs> yeah, yep. And, uh, yeah, so I I um, I decided to start taking you know small amounts of colloidal silver. And when I did that, I discovered my face is actually healing up. Like there's something to this. So huh. and me being the the person that I am, <laughs> thinking more is better. So I decided to take a lot of silver. And when I did that, that's when all hell broke loose. It was like my body had this mass exodus. Oh, wow. And I woke up in the, like, in the middle of the night with something biting me. It was like a thousand mosquitoes were biting and chomping on me. Yeah. My whole bed filled with black specks. Mm. That and uh, and I just felt like movement in my body. It was like something, like an alien, you know, yeah. body in and took over my body. Were and you, I went were you itchy? <laughs> did, did it itch? I was extremely itchy. Uh-huh. I was broken out all over my body. Had to tell I ended up going to the emergency department. They thought I was having some kind of reaction. I did scoop up the stuff that was coming out of my body. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And black specks and different things and. And I, anyway, then I didn't get anywhere, and I said, well, I'm never doing that again. And uh, The so ER, you I, mean? Yeah, like a... a, a, a right. Silver, but they just sent me to a dermatologist, right? Of course, and, yes. And uh, <laughs> all that, I just, uh, I never did the silver again after that, and things had settled down. But during that three-day period where I was being eaten alive, and it was just crazy stuff was happening. I was having, like, cotton balls coming out of my yes, hair. Yes, yes. I had this, at one point, I had gold glitter exploding on the side of my forehead. Yes! And I was just screaming yes. up and down. And I lived in a gigantic house, and I was, like, running up and down, like, basically this mini mansion of a house. <laughs> and I am screaming with the lone effect. Right. Your children must have been like, what is going oh, well, on? They were, I think they were asleep. I I God bless you. Oh, God, I hate yeah, to say it. I've been there. I mean, not not yeah, in the exact circumstances, but yeah, wow. <laughs> and my ex-husband is like, what in the name? You're gone over the edge. And I'm like, and then uh, and the horrific part, section part of it is I had this, looks like this mound of, I don't know what, uh, lump that went from my arm up into my neck. I actually wanted oh, to go up into, I, neck, oh, into my neck and disappear into my head. And that it was just is, like the most I, thing. Oh my God, one of my first experiences was watching like hundreds or thousands of little things go from my like the tips of my fingers all the way up my arms. I was not in front of a mirror, so I don't know, you know, if it was like wow. where. Well, you know exactly the horror show. Yes, and it was just and it's not, and nobody gets this. <laughs> well, and that was what I was gonna say. I just, oh my god! First of all, like that is so. I mean, I. I think everyone's experience is harrowing when this all goes down the first time, you know, but it's like, I think for you, especially, I have so much admiration that you got through that being as alone as you must have felt like, because I had, you know, my best friend and my ex got it at the same time as me. And I knew what Morgulans disease was before I got it. I just thought it was delusional before I got it. And then, you know, so I wasn't, I wasn't like just blown. I can't even imagine how just blown out of the water your mind would be i mean just you have it no was, one around yeah. you oh my god bless your heart it was terrific like you actually just felt like you were oh. transported into another twilight yeah, right like what reality is this me. but but yeah, alone I down to my hands and knees and prayed to god i was yes. like god i don't know what's going on with me but i need your help because i'm gonna go right over the edge and i so I did, my ex-husband was not very nice to me either, so he was not empathetic. He just thought, you're gone over the edge, and right. he tried to have me, like, put in, like, a, a, for a psych assessment. I actually went myself because I had such bad panic attacks there for a couple of weeks, and yeah. anyways, the doctor was like, you're fine, you just have an anxiety because you're not feeling good and all that jazz, but then that was the beginning of the end of my marriage, so uh-huh. in the end, I ended up, like, figuring out what was going on, did a lot of naturopathic supplementation and that really did help and I just Mm. got used to feeling the movement which actually just kept getting progressively worse um, after that summer and my face exploded I basically left had to spend the entire summer in 
the house um, uh-huh. with cream on my face, so, which was really lonely. So and, that's, uh, that's yeah. so summertime. So you got this in summertime. Yeah, what summer. year was it? Yeah, it was 2009, I believe. Wow. Two, yeah, 2009. And it was, the, it was the Canada Day weekend for July 1st. <laughs> How fascinating. That's so fascinating. I I consider my Morgulon's date uh, June 30th, actually. That's really funny. Yeah. That's what happened. It was June 30th that happened to me. That is so weird. Honestly, there's so many unknowns. Like, that's what I really want to ask you about is what what kind of like research i mean because you've had this since 2009 i am sure you know a lot more than i do and i'm just so i just want to pick your brain like tell me about the research and how you kind of concluded what you're at right now with you what your perspective is on it okay well i'm mine's very unusual too as the story continues so i ended up um getting a microscope out like all of us yeah looking at all these slides making slides taking pictures uh-huh. posting them to my computer showing my family doctor the usual and they're just like we don't know what the heck is this is and all yeah. that so i ended up um researching a lot of it and ended up finding it very fungal um to me like uh-huh. I, said, I went in and i researched and i did a lot of like naturopathic supplements like Pardarco, which is like an antiviral, antifungal, hmm. cloves, hmm. um, any kind of naturopathic, anti-parasitic combos mm-hmm. that are all mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And I found that a, a lot. You um, might be cleaned up. And, uh, and this is, you know, controversial. Some people use the, the horse paste for, it's like ivermectin. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I do find that, I do take that now. I never did it initially, but I do find that's very effective in small amounts. So you have to give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. But it really keeps my face because my face is very bad as far as uh, keeping that from breaking out. That's the worst. That's the mm-hmm. spot in my hole. The, the face? Um, yeah. And Me too. And I have testing done through my naturopath and she has treated patients that have Lyme disease and Morgellons because from what I've read most people that have Morgellons end up being Lyme positive hmm. or chronic and stage Lyme or a very bad case that's not treated. Uh, I ended up having so what happened to me um, I ended up going um, to San Francisco and getting treated um, about, I don't know, I think probably almost a year later. Uh-huh. Um, the reason being behind that is I got very sick. I ended up losing 45 pounds. Mm. I got extremely anemic where they mm. thought it was, I had cancer. Mm, oh um, I looked like I had cancer. And I was very sick, even though I was taking some supplements. So all of a sudden, my symptoms got worse again. And I just having to not you know look after my daughter i had to help my spouse's mom and, and other people come up and actually look at after me because like it was excruciating pain as well and i could not get out of bed for like two months and it went and had all kinds of tests and they couldn't really find out what was going on and this is after i had stopped the silver so again i i said you know what i'm going to do i'm going to try a bit of the silver not in a massive amount and when i did everything settled down again hmm. like that ended up murdering the stuff that was in me and my weight increased the sores went away again and um and my hemoglobin leveled off and the only thing that i told the hematology doctor that was following me at the time was i took more silver in, in a small dose and he said i have no idea what you did he said because i don't understand what happened to you in the first place i don't understand what's going on how you're getting you're like, better I, that's what they all so, say i mean it's like why are we paying yeah. you then <laughs> it's like yeah you know exactly. i mean it's just like why are you here then if you don't know anything yeah. more than I know yeah. then why are you here yeah yeah yes and then so, so what I did was I looked up a physician that was working in California now I'm from Nova Scotia Canada yeah. and she was treating people with Lyme disease and Morgellons and she was one of the only physicians in San and I'm, I was heading for divorce my husband and I were not doing well so yeah. I he wouldn't go with me nobody would go with me oh so I just, oh, Isabella, I booked, it's so uh, horrible oh I'm so glad you survived all that <laughs> Oh my God! Bless you. I just oh so much. My heart goes out. Seriously, just I'm so glad you're beyond that. Yeah. Wow. And that's what this physician and brought my samples, and then she 
test shoot set me to a Lyme lab in Los Altos, and I had all the testing done for co-infections and Lyme disease. And then she gave me prescriptions for all the drugs, and she told me to get them filled in the States beforehand. She, she, know, she pretty much knew that that was going to be the case. That I'm going to come back positive for Lyme, and this will help with the Margellan. So that's what I did, and I was there for three days, toured around San Francisco on the boat by myself and walked, wandered all around and yeah. pulled back, and it got even more dramatic, and I landed, landed into the, uh, the, um, the back to Halifax, and when that occurred, I ended up, um, I was on the night flight back from New York, and I was really tired, and then I ended up getting home, went to bed. The next day, I get up, decided to take these pills that I got. So I said, she said, just start them anyway. They're not going to hurt you anyway. So I'm like, okay, great. So I did. And then I threw up really badly. And the next thing I know, my heart went out of whack. And I ended up in the emergency department the day after flying in with my heart coming out of my chest. And ended up having um, an atrial fibrillation, which is where your heart gets Yes, yeah, my father has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so mine yeah. was like doing 170 skipping for hours. Oh. And before I decided, the smart nurse that I am, haha, <laughs> ignoring my own symptoms. And my ex husband was like, you go to the hospital because I can tell you're not well. So I did. And then I ended up being there for like the entire day. In the end, they had the cardio hurt me and shocked my heart oh. back. And oh my rhythm. God. Wow. When yeah, it rains, it pours. Stuff. When it rains, no, it, it pours. Yeah. What were the medications? Doxycycline? And no, I. She gave me ivermectin and she gave me massive doses of different types of antibiotics and i can't quite remember them all but yeah one, one was ciprofloxacin there was stuff that she thought i had co-infections so she just like used some broad spectrum antibiotics and antiparasitics basically because this is a long time ago and so i did take those and i got really a lot better wow. but then for but then i for some reason, my liver couldn't take all of the drugs, and I was detoxing really badly. Like, oh, I was very sick from the detox, mm. from the drugs she gave me, mm-hmm. and my liver went into failure after that. Mm. Oh, <laughs> and then God. at the same time, they had to go see cardiology, and so I went to see them, and they said, your heart's in failure. So I was in liver and heart failure at the same time. Um, wow. Oh, wow, yeah. that is just <laughs> horrendous luck. Just horrendous. Like... God, you know, that I will say that I do feel the one piece of this that I have found to be actually a, a blessing and a gift is that, you know, the struggles that this has brought into my life have actually yeah. been moments to, well, you know, God brings us to our knees so we can pray. You know, that's where you pray exactly. from. And, yeah. and the amazing grace, you know, to use the cliche that I have received through this experience, I will say I would not trade it. No, no, no. It's same here. It's like you're through suffering to get closer to God, or you yeah. have your awakening, and you realize what's important, right? And you know, my ex-husband was right into money and finances and everything, and that's all he cared about for the most part. I mean, he loved our kids and stuff, but he he um, basically left me on um, the day of the two three weeks later. I found out I had heart failure. And I was a liver failure, and then I got my Lyme disease, uh, Lyme uh, results back. And it said, Yeah, I'm positive for Lyme. And I thought when I showed him this piece of paper that, Oh, he's going to stay now, he's not going to leave. And he's like, No, I've had enough of all of this. And so he left. So that's that. So then I was left by myself to hopefully not die, and then moved into another house with my children and tried to still work as a nurse for a little while until I got too sick. I, I still couldn't function. But. So the main, that's the main, the main thing I kind of, you know, I, I just, in the end, I settled down, they hurt, you know, settled down, the liver settled down, and I went into naturopathic supplements, which is, I use quite a bit of, like, glutathione, vitamin C, Cardarco, mm-hmm. any kind of antifungal clothes, garlic, I use, a, like, a huge basket of stuff every day, and ended up meeting a very nice man, and who accepted me for all of my things, and uh, I was still sick, but not, not very sick, everything kind of settled down, and I was with my kids in my new house, basically, and, and then all of a sudden, I decided that I was going to go see um, a toxicology doctor, because she knew what was going on in California, and it all seems to go back to California for me. Yeah, and, uh, maybe you should just so, move to California yeah. as well. Yeah, no, yeah, not <laughs> now anyway. Jeez. Not exactly the rest of the story. <laughs> so, so I met this uh, 
a toxicology doctor, I really don't want to name, name her name, but she was doing all the foremost research for Morgellons, so she was doing appointments over the phone. So hmm. I decided, well, I'm going to call her up and see what she has. And she was doing all these, um, making her own medicine, her herbal medicines, but basically all herbal. Hmm. And she was calling it different funky names. And then, you know, so when I called her up, she's like, oh, I know, I know exactly what's going on with you. And da 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 and All my stuff is, like, all made by me, patented by me. It's all herbal remedies, and it's really having a lot of success. So I said, okay. And it was very expensive, too. So I spent about $500 in these products, and oh. she sent them to me, and I had a follow-up with her. I had to have a consult from a family doctor. My doctor wouldn't give me one, so I ended up using this a doctor that, that I've seen in California who's now retired. But she did that for me. I asked her, because you're both in California, so it was easy you mm-hmm. know, to do that. Yeah. So I ended up going and taking all of her stuff, and I felt amazing on it. I looked amazing. The stuff was really working. So I was really happy. Yeah. Like, and the stuff, she gave me stuff to put in my bath. This, I had glitter up the wazoo, which I know are now nanoparticulates, that are that was just pouring out of my body. And I looked and felt great for about two months. And then, then I had some really, really weird stuff back to the, you know, the Twilight Zone stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was with my guy, and this is probably... November of the following year where I broke up with my husband and everything and then got started her treatment I started feeling like these waves of energy going through me and I had no idea what the heck was going on uh-huh. and I was like in the evenings when I come home from work and I felt like this vibrational stuff going through me and I'm like what is this like almost like an electrical sensation but a, yeah. it's hard really even describe it an energy wave almost that was yeah. going through your body mm-hmm. and I'm like what is this and then so I noticed this was going on every night and then I didn't understand what's going on and I, I, I started getting very sick I started turning gray I looked terrible mm. I felt terrible and I and then um, those a couple of weeks later I started getting high-pitched ringing going through my ears and I was like what mm. is this I had no idea so I called up this toxicology doctor and I asked her you know, I'm having some weird symptoms going on. I was doing great for a couple of months, and now I'm having these weird symptoms. And there was, like, dead silence on the phone when I said this to her. And I was, she's like, oh, my God. And I said, what do you mean, oh, my God? And she's like, um, she goes, I think that you must have, you, you've got somebody mad at you or something's going on. I don't know why it would be you because you're just a nurse from Canada. She said, but you, I think you're in some kind of bio-experimentation thing. I'm like, what the hell are you talking Oh, my God. So she was having patients that she was treating from all over the world and and people that got poisoned by nanoparticulates because that's what she did believe, that this was some kind of nanotech. And I knew this when she told me this Uh um, to try the treatments. And I was like, whatever, as long as your treatment works, I'm desperate, I'll try it. And she said, no, I have people that are whistleblowers. You know, they just had a man come in from Japan. He flew in and I just treated him because somebody poisoned him. But there was a reason for that. And she said, you sound like you're targeted. And I went, what are you talking about? Yeah, right, like, right. Because initially this is no all, yeah, right. Yeah, I think it was electronically targeted because you have the material and my patients are being put into this non-consensual bio-experimentation thing. And I'm like, what do you mean? I said, you mean right now the pa- you have patients like me that are getting like attacked? And she's like, yes. So I blew my job. I'm like, how could you possibly? What year take was this? What, what year this was, was this? To eleven. Okay, to so 11. this is two years into it. Okay, okay. Yeah, or wow. a year and a half. And I'm like, how could you possibly still see patients when you have these patients that your patients are putting in danger and and they're getting and basically they were getting killed at that time. Wow. I had no idea. Any, I was an innocent. Just trying to get help for my illness, basically. So then that's when everything really went badly for me. I ended up still having these energy waves going through me. The high-pitched ringing was terrible. I wasn't sleeping. I couldn't get away from it. And it was only at my house at night. So my boyfriend, I started telling him at the time, he was my spouse now, that he was like, he was, oh, my God. He's like, he was supposed to come and stay at my apartment. And I kept like it was just horrific. I had to go off work. Did it follow you when you home. when you went to his apartment? Was it there? No, it didn't. At that time, I could escape it when I was at work, and when I was um, 
at his place. So when I didn't have my kids and I didn't tell them anything that was going on, yeah. I said that I will go and just stay with you and I'll just go right from work and I'll stay. And when they were there, I just suffered through it. And so I, in the end, this toxicology doctor said, you need to come here. And this was Christmas time. She goes, you need to come and, and try to detox this material. I have all these machines that I use to detox, these fur and red machines and all this stuff that I've been treating the local people to have more gelons with this. She goes, and I and I was just like, well, you know what? I have to, I guess, because this is not good and I can't get this material out of my body right now. And so even prior to that, my hubby and I decided, you know, we're going to take a trip away at Christmas. My kids went to their father for mm-hmm. a week and we went to New York City. So we got a break and I did get a complete break. I started looking and mm-hmm. feeling better and, and waiting to go. I couldn't get time off away from not having my children till like February and book a trip and to go. So I had to like put up with this yeah. hell for another month or so. But when I went to New York City, I started getting texts. And, and we were waiting for the hood to get into the hotel and it, and the room wasn't ready. And all of a sudden this anonymous texter started texting me saying, oh, I see your room's not ready. And different things, weird things like that. And we received texts the whole time I was in New York City, bizarre texts. And something was in my phone and all my, all my messages, emails were all jumbled up. Things were popping on my phone. I didn't understand any of this at the time. Wow. And so when, That's I, went, scary. when I went back, yeah, and it was very creepy, especially the part about, like, how did this person know that this our room isn't ready and all this stuff? It was only us. Nobody knew we were there. Could you, so, did you ever try to so, trace the number, or? Yeah, we just had no success, but my, yeah. and my hubby is very good at all of this tech stuff. So then, finally, I ended up um, continuously doing this for the next six weeks. I bumped up the trip. I ended up going to the beginning of February because I figured this is, it got really bad, the targeting electronic not sleeping so mm-hmm. I couldn't cope with them anymore and um so I flew into California to see her and I had a break I had a bit of a break there was I tried to detox the material I used all kinds of uh, machinery um it was it, I actually had a week's break there it was really good but I never really managed to get much of it it, it didn't completely come out of my system it takes longer than a week but mm-hmm. I figured almost would give me a good jump on it and, and I met her, and we had a long session. I ended up purchasing an infrared sauna from her, which was very helpful, actually, mm. that I still use to this day. And that's what I will say if anybody, if they can afford to get one, it melts the fibers and the more mm. I've heard, yeah, I've heard that it's very effective. I would, and I just, I hate to interrupt yeah. you. Yeah. I just want to let you know that um, Tom just walked in. So mm-hmm. if if you don't mind no him just, just joining <laughs> no, the conversation, no um, it, this is just like, this is blowing my mind. So in 2011, this physician, the toxicologist, told you that you were one of numerous patients that she was seeing, all experiencing the same symptoms, and she referred to it as being targeted. And I find it really interesting, the overlay between, I've heard it said before that everyone who's a targeted individual has morgulons, but not everyone who has morgulons is a targeted individual. What do you think about that? Well, yes, because while it, um, there's targeted individuals that just have RFID chips, and I end up interacting with a lot of people that are spies and all NSA, and that's kind of what my last book is about. Mm-hmm. How, because things got is that nano? Worse. Is that nano? It's nano. It's RFID. It's like a, just a registered chip. Like oh, no, I mean, is that the book? Is that your book, nano? Is it in oh, that nano. Book? Yes, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just want to make sure because I'm, I'm just, yeah, go on. Yeah, so the first book is Metamorphosis, basically just me getting sick, my marriage breakup, all kinds of stuff. And mm-hmm. then the second was Nano. That's when I got tar- started getting targeted, met doctor, the doctor, toxicology doctor, and was trying to detox the material out of my body, which wasn't successful because when I came back from my trip, things got extremely bad. And I ended up having to sleep in my car at night. Oh. And I would go to work, and my, my hubby and I... Um, yeah, that's interesting. And I do feel like it's so interesting that to me, the stories of our stories are so important. I, I don't know about you, but for me, like doing a podcast and being able to express myself and tell what was happening to me to, to minimize or mitigate 
the feeling of isolation was so cathartic. Yeah. Was was your writing driven by, or was that process? How was that influential for you? Um, yeah. So I, my first book, I didn't even know I could write. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm a, I've heard I'm a good writer now, but I actually I just started writing my story because I wanted my story. To yeah. Be, you know, at the time I didn't know if I was going to live or die, and this is when I was being targeted, and I only rode in my car away from my home the only time I could focus right and uh, mm-hmm. just wrote my story and then I decided you know what I'm going to make this into a book I, I gave some samples and they're like no this is really good and I made it like a fictional story so then in 215 took me two years to write it and then I said I'm going to publish this and that's when I did it and then when I had five minutes to myself in between looking after my kids I would write and write and then I took me a couple more years and then in 219 I did nano and then I knew I had one more to do you mean I feel I feel yeah. like you know who knows I I don't even I have mixed feelings honestly about about telling my story as I'm sure you can understand and anyone with this can understand is because there is so much stigma around it you know and you don't want your yeah. you know your reputation or credibility to be impacted or you know for you to be further impacted in any negative you know way so it's it's really but I do think that ultimately that however you do it whether it's anonymously or quietly privately or publicly as as we are it it really the worst thing about this could possibly be is isolation the isolation it affects your physical health spiritual health mental health. it's just i cannot emphasize enough that like that's when i hear that you have a great partner now and for the people in my, I'm just so grateful for that. And I just, how did you, go, who were you leaning on when you, I guess you didn't have anyone to lean on initially. No, I leaned on myself and I just dug really deep. And I said that in one of my books, I like, I became my own best friend is when yes. I played one of my books. Yeah. Like I dug deep and I just said you're just gonna the only person you're gonna have to be your own yeah and and your own doctor and your own (laughs) you know it's really you have to be so strong this disease will make you so strong it will. It, I, everything that I've been through, it, it changed me beyond words. Like, I mean, nothing fizzes me a whole lot now. But it's just like I, you know, it's just like, like anything that goes on now, I'm like, who cares? Like, whoop-de-doo. It's not whoop-de-doo. Right, right. I'm still very tired of fighting this. Like, I'm tired of being charged. Yes. I'm tired of being elected. I'm tired yeah. of kicking debris at my face. I'm yeah. pretty much getting pretty tired of the whole scene. But I just feel like I absolutely, like, God-driven intuitively i feel like this is the time for me to come out and, and talk at this now it's, you know because it actually because a lot of people know more about nanotechnology because they know it's in yeah. the vaccine and it's more out there people are talking about it is, it is. where you're you're and it's, and where jellens is more well known now so i feel like i this is my purpose and this is what i'm supposed to do and i feel good about it i don't i don't even care what anybody thinks of me actually so i just i know that the truth hopefully will come out someday and I just want to be one of the people that are standing up you know and Mm -hmm. saying it right now so thank you Isabella for standing up and saying it seriously it takes so much courage like I I'm just blown away and I'm I'm so ah, I'm so excited I can't wait to read your book (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so thank you so much for having me here today and telling my story you're the first person actually I am honored. I really and truly, I I seriously, I am honored because I'm just fascinated. And I honestly, I hope that we will continue to talk and be friends because I just, I I really, I will say that the best thing that has come out of this is that I have made new friends and some of my dearest friends because of this. I would never have met an amazing lady, another nurse in Nova Scotia. (laughs) Like, how would that happen, you know? I mean, I have friends now all over the country, all over the world, and I'm just so... I'm so happy about that because it's hard to meet people. It's hard to make new friends. It's harder and harder every day. And so I feel like... You're not like, yourself either. Exactly. You're, 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 you
right right and it's just it's just this family of people who have been you know affected by this and who are still being affected by this the fact that we have each other even though we're all you know going through this alone where we are alone in it together you know and that's just like it, it it really feels like a little bit of grace and this big mystifying crazy disfiguring nightmare you know it's it's just yeah. such a blessing thank you for doing everything you do because it takes a lot of courage for you to do podcasts and people that don't have a clue about more jones and they think that they're alone when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You could hear the whole world laughing. Ah, ah, ah. And that was how we extincted ourselves. No. And then I started self-replicating and I became Grey Goo. You did? Yeah, when I start cannibalizing myself to survive, that's when you know wow. things have gone out of control. That sounds like really an inconsistent story. I'm it's sure happened before. You ever heard of Urus Burus? I think so. Well, now you have. It's called the snake eating its own tail. So Grey Goo's involved? Yes. <laughs> That's pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> that is something to fear, I suppose. <laughs> no, it'll be fun. One time I told a joke that was so funny that a waterfall just turned around and went up, and it was like, <laughs> and it just started flowing upwards. It was so bizarre. No, I don't know how I achieved that. <laughs> I have funny men syndrome. No, yeah, it's genetic. You know, it doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so if things, if nano morgues, if nano morgues can control electricity in your body, then they can control your thoughts. And so all the gang stalking stuff, why would they need to go to the elaborate intent of an operational thing of actually gang stalking and deploying those sorts of tactics and whatever electronic or physical otherwise, why would they do that if they could simply use the electricity in your brain to manipulate your mind to have you, you think that they're doing that, to think that you're hearing this, to think that you're, I mean, why? I mean, that's where you, you take the red pill, then you take the blue pill, and then you break both the pills and try to snort them because nothing's working. And I think like, unless of course, you know, somehow like an investigative effort, you know, like, provided empirical evidence that either one was happening or something else, perhaps. You know, there's so many similarities between people's stories. That's weird to me in the context that these people seem to be otherwise, they're high-functioning, usually intelligent, professional people, you know what I mean? And that's weird. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would people out of the, even if that is a delusional disorder, why would it, that's a very unusual pattern of, of you know what I mean? It's like, how do you explain like the demographics and the topography, you know, the distribution of like, you know, in my research that I've been doing, it's like, why would it have, are there more people that get delusions in Georgia? And if so, why? And you know, it, like, you know, it's just like, there's not a, because you can't ever empirically prove that a thing called delusional parasitosis is real. Like, just because you don't know doesn't mean that there isn't a parasite there, you, you know? Yeah, you just have to or, say. Or that there isn't some sort of, yeah, just because you don't know it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. The absence of evidence is not evidence, right. I mean, you know? Well, at what point do we say, okay, I mean, a reasonable one? Uh, so uh, what like, makes things reasonable? Because we know that bioweapons have been deployed well, against the American they, people. They just skins raping and all that stuff, and they say, we don't but see But if you anything. have no test to test for a new well, pathogen or something that's yeah. not even biological, yeah, you know, unless you're looking for it specifically, you will never find it by using a standardized healthcare, you know, facilitated test. That will not occur. Right, right. I mean, once, once you go to a new thing, then then you the only question to ask is like, well, okay, now, of course you can never know that, but at what point then do you well, no, stretch no, too far? 
you can never know that it's not you couldn't prove it. you're right it's maybe it's a new thing that'll evade all current tests and well and if it's not biological but, then none of those will apply yeah so then the question just is okay but given the two choices or however many you have like what is the more reasonable do you go occam's razor do you you know and then that's just a matter of judgment i guess i think that like if you if you applied that reasoning to the people that were subjected to the torture and mind control and non consensual research in MK Ultra and NK Naomi and Project yeah. Artichoke, I mean, then then you would never arrive at the truth. So it's always gonna be yeah. So and I do think that like at some point you have to build a circumstantial case because, you know, in the absence of credible whistleblowers, which nowadays I don't even know a whistleblower getting the word out, a normal citizen can't even get the well, word out. You know, so it's like there has to be an almost like an investigative journalistic approach to like what are the actual facts? Like what are the likelihoods? Can we test these things to figure out what are the fucking fibers made out of? Some people say you can't burn them, no, you know, blah 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 blah. Then they say they're keratin collagen. You know, the Profusa guy says that their hydrogel slivers look just like keratin collagen and they mix in the matrix of the keratin collagen in the skin. So that by definition would be, you know, like you said that uh, Ben Huang, the CEO of the Profusa company funded by DARPA and China <laughs> um, um, to make the hydrogels, the conductive hydrogels, sensors. What, what is the commercial supposed use? It's for monitoring blood oh, chemistries, okay. like oxygen right. monitoring. I believe they have a device in Europe that's approved. Um, because somehow that can transmit back or there's a It can transmit that... data to your iPhone about your status and it can alert your doctor. So, and of course, you know, the mind, if you put the sensors in the mind and that of course, DARPA, the Brain Initiative, all of these different funding, I mean, they haven't funding this research for a long time. Right, but saying, putting it in the brain, now we're talking about a very different thing, right? I mean... No, not really, because if, think about it. Well, if, do if, you mean if, for, like, just like you can you can measure blood, you can so, measure, like, thoughts? or is what Well, if... Yeah, I think that the current technology that we know about has shown that, yes, you can absolutely, like... Divine, using AI for one, you know, you can fi figure out exactly, they can draw a picture of what someone's thinking in their head, you sure know, is, yeah. I mean, they can, you know, and it changes every day and it, it, and, but it's like, think about though, and one of the things she said was that when she first got this, like, it was after a surgery and these blue threads, tiny threads started coming out of her nose. And she went to her doctor and was like, hell was going on, you know? She was like, and I had to have the septal surgery redone because it that wound never healed that was packed with that gauze. And I really think there is something to textile fight. I mean, obviously there's something to no, textile fight. Actually, there's something the nurse, like that, that actually makes sense. I mean, I didn't know they were is, the highest rate That's of, what the uh, Morgan's Research Foundation back in the early 2000s found with their, their and I think they were legit. I mean, they had a NASA scientist on their team. This was before the CDC study. This was when they were generating the, you know, congressional, you know, push to the CDC to look at it. Um, and so, like, you know, it, it's just interesting that if that holds true in turn, and I have met a lot of nurses that have this, by the way. Um, and, and, and teachers were the second leading, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Abby's a teacher and, you uh -huh. know, but, um, but yeah, so basically like if you, if you take into account the weird fibers and hairballs and fluff and lint in the laundry and you know, people talk, she was like, I had a white, like cotton balls coming out of me at one point, like when this first started breaking out and like, um, I'll play you like what she was talking about and stuff. It's pretty cool the story. I mean, it's yeah, crazy, no, I, but yeah, I remember all those things. But um and and then she, you know, it's just like the textile fibers whether it be fibers in masks or nanoparticles or the fiber chaff falling out of the sky. I don't know if it's like this is actually we were trying to do geoengineering and save the world like we're from global right. warming and we accidentally didn't know we unleashed this fucking, you know, biologically active nanoparticle. Sorry about that. Like, yeah. you know, maybe. Well, but, hospital, like, but think about where those things come from. A lot of possibilities. It could just be like a contagion that's, you know, or think it could about, be that that's a good population. To think that. about the timeline for China's manufacturing rise and the confluence of textiles from China, the garment industry, textiles from China, 
cleaning products from China, paper products from China, um, you know, certainly PPE, masks, garbs, all that. I mean, that has only accelerated since the night. The only thing is, like, China, like, back then, I mean, they so rapidly, they uh, advanced, but back then, I don't know if they had the ability to do anything. <clears throat> China could have started out with just, you know, that's the other thing. In the CDC study, what was found was that the people that had gotten this... Always more stories to tell on more Morgulons. I want to thank my new Nova Scotian Morgie friend, Isabella, the author, the nurse, the warrior winner and forced to be reckoned with. I am so pleased to hear from her and I hope we'll have more of you telling your stories on the show soon. There is something healing and cathartic about it. Be a part of it or just hang out, listen. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.